Hello, happy campers. Christopher is not here right now, but if you need leave your name and nerdiness at the tone, I am Spike and I am geeking out. This is Aftermath for the movie Sound of Freedom. It stars Jim Caviezel as Tim Ballard, uh, an anti-child trafficking expert who basically on one of his very first adventures into the realm. Uh, quite frankly, this film started on July 4th. That's when it premiered. It's been released through Angel Studios. The film itself has a rather troubled history. It's been, it's had to overcome some pretty major obstacles. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, it's, it's certainly impressive. You'll find out when I give it the score. All right, let me explain what's going on with the film. Tim Ballard used to be with the Homeland, Department of Homeland Security, the United States DHS. He was a special agent there, did, did investigations. He was investigating a child pornography ring, and he managed to bring the, the pornographer to, to task and brought him in and then was able to kind of like weasel into his confidence a little bit and wound up not only bringing him down but bringing down another child pornographer and the boy they were basically exploiting. Turns out the child who was being trafficked, the little boy, was from Colombia, and both he and his big sister had been uh, kidnapped a couple of, about a year before. And so when Tim finds this out, he decides he wants to go down to Colombia and start ex uh, figuring out what's going on. So the investigation begins, and he's he is able to get involved in as an investigation in the country, along with a guy who, uh, along with a guy named Vampiro. Vampiro is an ex ex Colombian cartel member, pretty high up. He had been caught, convicted, served his time but managed to swirl away enough cash that he was still living pretty comfortably. And he was using his money in, in, in a, to basically purchase children out of the sex trafficking industry. So the two get together, they pretty, pretty quickly become thick as thieves. And between the two of them and a local investigator named Roberto, they, they begin ex building up a case against local exploiters. They're, they wind up busting an entire ring and saving about another 50 children. But the little, but the big sister, who was part of that group, had been sold to a drug lord the day before, actually. And so we have to begin the third act, and Tim goes into the deepest, darkest, most dangerous parts of Colombia to try to find this little girl and liberate her from her drug overlord. Now... You might think that this uh, this plot line actually sounds pretty out there. It sounds pretty unbelievable. The truth is, the they actually left a number of details out. It was actually a lot more than this. That one raid that uh, freed about 50 kids, he actually wound up freeing about 150 or so adults in the process, too. So they've actually scaled down the story in some parts of it. Uh, there have been a few critics of this film who don't like who don't like it, who say it's not actually uh, accurate. But those criticisms come from the usual suspects: Vice News, Slate. They had they kind of have a history of taking 
how do you put this without getting sued into oblivion? They take powerful people's sides when they agree with them politically. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Now, this film is is shot gorgeously. Okay, the uh, the director of this film is Alejandro Monteverde, and uh, I know I just I know I just slaughtered that, but <laughs> Alejandro has been involved. He's done two major releases thus far. Uh, one of them was for. Uh, the movie Bella back in 2006 and the other was for uh, Little Boy which was released in 2015 which is about one of the atomic bombs back in World War II. Now, he's a Mexican filmmaker and he he has stated in an interview that he's, he makes two types of films. There's the films he wants to make and the films he gets called to make. This one he felt called to make because while he was writing a fictional script for another project he was working on, he heard the story about Tim Ballard, and he is like, this is a movie. We should develop this. So he gets in touch with Tim Ballard. They hit it off pretty quickly. The producers asked Tim who, who he would like to see portray him. They said couldn't really obligate themselves, but just to give him a voice in it. And he said Jim Caviezel. And... Jim Caviezel has a history of being, well, Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, he's, he's an old hand in Hollywood by now. He, was, he portrayed Jesus Christ in the, in the Passion of the Christ in 2004. He was on the movie Lost. He was in Person of Interest, no TV series. He's done all kinds of things. So he was involved in this, and they go into principal photography back in 2018. They've got the script. Everything's done. Finished filming principal photography. They have a distribution deal for 20th Century Fox just as Fox gets bought by the Walt Disney Company, which promptly shelves the film. I can't explain why they, they, they did that. I'm sure Walt Disney had the reasons for doing it, but it wound up setting it back. Uh, they tried going to Netflix with this. Netflix was interested at first, and then all of a sudden they weren't. They tried going to Amazon to see if they would be interested in it, and they were at first, and then suddenly they weren't. This goes on for five years before they uh, they finally get in touch with Angel Studios, which is something I've mentioned here before because they have done a number of releases theatrically. Their thing is what's called crowdfunding and paying it forward. Crowdfunding is where... Basically, you register with Angel Studios on their website and you see potential projects come up. If you like it, you can actually give money to help with the production of it and you don't really get any kind of equity in it, but it just it shows your interest in it. And then after that, once they get it released, they do something called paying it forward where you buy a ticket and if you think somebody else might like it, you buy their ticket so that way they can watch it for free Kind of like what they do in drive-ins when somebody pays for the guy behind them's lunch and then he pays for the lunch for the guy behind him and it just keeps going on and on. Interesting idea. All kinds of weird stories here. I'm, I urge you to check it out. Don't bother with Wikipedia's webpage. They've, they've already sat there and made sure that the controversies are about five miles long compared to the, to the rest of the article. 
the film is stunning. It's not nearly as uncomfortable as I thought it would be. I went into this film with the beloved wife. We had I had actually bought two tickets for this film when I first found out about it two months ago on the Angel Studios site. And I, I knew what it was about. I thought it would be interesting. It would be something that I wanted to openly support. So I purchased the tickets. And so the beloved wife agreed to go with me. And we saw it together. And she, I, like I said, I wasn't sure just how bad this would be. Because it is about child sex trafficking. And the efforts to, to counteract that. So... Going into it, I wasn't sure how they were going to handle the scene. I knew Angel Studios had a good reputation for being basically tasteful and approaching things peaceably. They did a very good job of addressing a very difficult subject. You do not see the children being directly assaulted for the most part. There is a, a smack in there somewhere. But, but you're not seeing anything disturbing or untoward that would be essentially uh, something that would give it an R rating. This is rated PG-13, which actually kind of surprises me because the old standard was if there was smoking in the movie, you got an R regardless. There is an insane amount of smoking in here, especially when it comes to Vampiro. Vampiro, I want to give a special shout out to Vampiro, the character of Vampiro. He's played here by Bill Camp. And Bill Camp is one of my favorite character actors. Jeez whiz. He come, he's the Colombian cartel connection who's been trying to rescue kids by buying them from the traffickers. Oh, my goodness. I love Bill Camp's performance here. Um, if I go back to watch it, it'll be for two reasons. I want to see the story again, and I want to see Bill Camp just eat up the scenery <clears throat> as, like, the biggest refugee from Margaritaville you've ever seen in your life. I mean, he looks like a parrot head on like industrial strength crack is what Bill Camp looks like as Vampiro. Absolute, absolute fun watching him. The film itself, the, the action is tight. It is about two hours and 15. It's, it's about two hours, 10 minutes, two hours, 15 minutes long which is the appropriate amount of time for this because there is a story. As I, I mentioned before, Act 3, you can see the acts. Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. Just boom, boom, boom. You can tell when a new act changes because you go from one part of the investigation to a new larger part of the investigation to an entirely different part of the investigation. Uh, act 2 centers around the initial investigation into sex traffickers in Colombia. And uh, basically, it involves coming up with a celebrity who is willing to fund the effort and everything because the government's, for some reason, the government's broke on this. You got plenty of money for Ukraine, but none to investigate child sex trafficking. That shows you, shows you standards right there. But eh, enough editorializing. They wind up buying an island to set up a sting to capture a bunch of child sex traffickers and their buyers. In the, in the movie, it's just for the traffickers. In, the, uh, in real life, it was to grab both. So yes, they basically created their own fake Epstein Island, and that's what everybody's talking about on this film, how they built an Epstein Island from scratch. But uh, Eduardo, but Alejandro, excuse me, Alejandro has essentially said there are 
far more than than one island, one Epstein Island, and more than one island that Epstein was not attached to. There are apparently plenty of child sex islands out there. You just don't know about them yet. Understand that this human slavery, this is child ex- sexual exploitation is a part of the human slavery effort. Human slavery today is bigger than it has ever been in human history, because mainly because the West won't do anything to stop it. They don't pay any attention to it. They, and of course, there are just enough rich and powerful people who, quote, benefit from it that it's able to perpetuate, same as for the drug industry. The, uh, the film, it's not as hard to take as I thought it would be. It's, an, it's a well-paced film. It's well shot. Uh, I'm certainly interested in, in seeing Alejandro uh, Monteverde's other films. I'd like to check those out sometime, see how they turn out. Uh, great performances by everybody involved, Jim Caviezel and Bill Camp. Mira Sorvino is in here as uh, Tim's wife, Catherine. She's staying at home with the eight kids. That's a huge part of the motivation for Tim's investigation because he does have, he has eight kids. He can imagine what it's like when your child is kidnapped and you don't know what's happened to them. Uh, the film... Like I said, 131 minutes long, perfect, just the right amount of time to get the story across. Plots communicated well. Dialogue is is pretty good. I, you are here. You will hear most likely. You will hear reactions from the audience. I did in in this one, especially one point where Tim is trying to rescue. He has found the little girl. Spoiler alert! There's always spoilers all over the place on these. Uh, he finds the little girl and he sa- he goes up and basically says, Shh, be quiet, I'm here to help you. And she screams because it's a large man in, standing over her, trying to sleep in her bunk after being basically uh, forcibly raped by this drug cartel guy for a week, two weeks, however long it's been. So it, it's understandable, but you could hear the audience gasp and go, oh no. That's a sign of a good storytelling. Now, I've, I've mentioned before on Aftermath, on Geek and Out, even on the Chore of Duty, storytelling is an incredible skill, and it's one that's not easy to, to get right because you can look around, you look at all the disasters that have hit the theaters here in recent weeks. Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, flamed out. Elemental, flamed out, ironically. Yes, I like The Flash, but The Flash flamed out. All these films are crashing and burning. Disney has lost 800, I take it back, $900 million on the last eight film releases. This film had a budget of $14.5 million and made it back on pretty much its second day. So this film is doing very well. It deserves to do well. I would uh, strongly encourage you to watch it. it. And it has a very important message Stick around through the opening credits or through the closing credits at the beginning. Jim Caviezel has a, a personal message he wants to give as the credits begin to begin to roll. And it, it is something I think you should check out. Uh, on the scale of five with zero being not even drunk and five being prime time with a date, 
I don't think Sound of Freedom would be a would be a date movie. I don't think Sound of Freedom would be good for little kids. That's that's what keeps me from giving it a five, but I will give Sound of Freedom a four and a half. Well done, guys. Very proud of you, and very happy to recommend this film. So, if uh, if you've got any questions or concerns or anything about it, or if you'd like, to, then then let me know in the comments. If you would like to get a ticket to the film, go to angel angel dot com slash freedom and there will there will be a link there where you can not only buy a ticket but you can get a ticket for free remember i told you about the pay it forwards that's one of them so get out there see this film this film deserve you this film doesn't deserve for you to see it you deserve to see this film you need to see it it's going to change it's going to open your eyes about a lot of things about how the way the world works and especially for people who think that people are inherently good, eh, it's, it's, this is the film that tells the opposite point of view. This is not necessarily a Christian evangelist film. This is not necessarily a left-wing, right-wing film. This is a film about a father who is sick and tired of seeing kids being sexually exploited by grown-ups who, quite frankly, or scum of the earth. This sound of freedom essentially is dirty Harry with a heart and a sense of morality. So, highly recommend Sound of Freedom. Uh, we'll get back to, I'll let you get back to what you're doing because I'm already into this, about 17 minutes. It, and uh, until next time, when we get the next uh, episode out of Geeking Out, whenever that'll be. I'm still Spike, Chris still ain't here, and we'll keep on geeking out, and you keep geeking out. Night tall.